What's up, everybody? This is Fred Ricciani of TSC. We have right here on the line, not just a special guest, but a Super Bowl winning guest, a college football Hall of Famer, pro bowler, entrepreneur, actor, broadcaster. He's got so many job titles, I can't even keep up. We are talking to the legendary Notre Dame and Washington Redskins quarterback, Joe Theismann here. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, Joe. How's it going? It's great, Fred. Thank you. I, I laugh at the titles. I guess I've done a few things in my life, but you know, you never know what this new year is going to bring. And I hope everybody had a safe, wonderful time last night and uh, everybody's ready to attack 2020. Oh, yeah. We're certainly ready. Now, before we dive into everything you're doing these days, man, how many job titles do you have? Oh, well, it's, I guess I've been able to um, I've been able to do a lot of different things and have an opportunity to be able to do different things. And I, I love trying different things, too. I mean, you know, it's like when I was a kid growing up, I, I used to clean windshields and light uh, headlights for my dad at his gas station. And, you know, part of my job at home was to dry the dishes after we had dinner and vacuum. Before I went to play at the high school on, uh, on Saturday morning, I had to vacuum the house. So I've always sort of had jobs in various ways my life I guess and then when I got uh, into the real world I own restaurants um, I invest in different businesses you know, I've had the opportunity to do some acting and you know the critically acclaimed uh, cannonball run too with Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise and those guys which is so much fun I've done a couple of Hallmark movies of late some TV shows uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine so you know I, I like trying doing different things I think that's the way you grow in life is if you stay in one place, do the same thing over and over and over, I think you get stale and life gets stale. And uh, far be it from letting that happen to me. And, and as we all know, when it comes to sports, especially in, in the NFL, it's it's not for long. And when, when your career ends, it could end in a heartbeat, and all of a sudden you got to figure out, okay, what's that next step? And there's not necessarily like a, a manual, even to this day, where it's like, hey, you know, when, when you lose your career, you have to retire or you have to, to transition off the field. You know, here's how to make money. So how did you not fall into the trappings that some other athletes tend to fall into after retirement? Well, I, I think, I think yeah, having an advisor, uh, having someone you can talk to, um, I think so much of what we see today, everybody's in such a hurry to do things. I think you have to take time to look at the situation and see how it's going to affect you. And, you know, I, I try and share this with young people in particular is don't be in a hurry to get somewhere. Take some time take a look at the situation and then think about what the consequences could be if something didn't go the way you expected it to. I mean, have a little vision uh, going forward and, and, and follow your passions. I think you have to enjoy what you do. There, there isn't one thing I don't, I do that I don't enjoy. Um, I love speaking. Um, you know, I've written, this is the third book I've written. So I, I enjoy that part of sharing stories that I have learned from other people in my life in that aspect. I loved broadcasting. And I, you know, for me, the foundation was football. The things we learned in football, the principles that we learned in football are what I try and apply to my life and I try to share with other people. But I think so often today we're in such a hurry to get from point A to point B that we don't get a chance to enjoy the journey. I mean, the experiences that you have along the way, the people that you meet along the way, um, our great memories. You know, here we are starting a brand new, not just a brand new year, but a brand new decade. And, um, you know, I think people can look back at the 2019 
and the 2000 from 10 to 19, and you say to yourself, wow, uh, you know, what has transpired in my life over that period of time? And then what's the next decade going to look like? With the way society has evolved and the way things are changing on a continuing basis, not only, you know, in the political world, but around the world, um, sometimes we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring more or less. 10 years from now. Very well put. Is it weird these days that amongst some younger fans, you're more known as the broadcaster than the football player? I think so. I think, you know, when you're a football player, um, you wear a helmet and you're not as easily recognized um, as you are when you just sit in a broadcast booth and people can see your face and hear your voice. Interestingly enough, when I travel through airports and I'm talking to someone, I'll have people turn around and recognize my voice before they recognize my face. And that's just, you know, I mean, that's just because I did it for so long. I had the chance to do it for so long. Um, but, and, and you know, I, the other thing is too, with, with social media, the way it is and with access to information that people have, if you're a television individual, if you're seen on TV or you're out in public, people basically know who you are. So, you, you know, you just um, enjoy the experience, I say. One guy that's enjoying the experience now that he's actually got a couple wins under his belt is quarterback Dwayne Haskins of the Washington Redskins was drafted this past year. Coach Gruden no longer there. We're going to have Coach Rivera. First up, the Skins in 2019, how would you assess them? Again, a, a difficult year because of injuries. I mean, if you looked at the list of players who didn't play in the last game against the Dallas Cowboys, you had... I think roughly nine starters again uh, going into in 2017, 2018. I think they had a combined 40 plus guys on IR. You add another double digits this way. And it's just, it's just unbelievable um, how one team can get hit by so many different types of injuries to so many different positions. A lot of times it's just one position that gets sort of, targeted a little bit, whether it's a defensive backs or whether it's running backs, wherever it might be, maybe offensive line, maybe defensive line, but the Redskins have had it across the board. So I think it was a frustrating year for the fans. I think it was a, a frustrating year for the players and the coaches. And I think Ron Rivera is going to be a heck of a football coach. Um, he did a great job down in Carolina. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's won a championship. He understands all those things that you need to, I think to get the team in the right direction. And um, again, it's, it's all about leadership. But it's also about the staff you put together. And I'm, I'm excited for the changes that are going on in Washington. And I think we needed, we needed this to happen. As of a few weeks ago, they were still in the running for the NFC East, despite the fact they didn't have the best record and they had all those injuries and, and, and all that bad luck and obstacles. So assuming Coach Rivera steps in there, you know, brings in some discipline you know, gets all the players to step up, hires the right coaching staff. I mean, they may not be that far removed from competing for the division. No, you know, I mean, when you look at the, I guess you could say there's parity in two different ways. Uh, you know, there's parity in the NFC East because no one's just jumping out and being that good. Um, and then you have parity where you look at like the, the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks are, are battling it out. And, you know, you look at Kansas City, what they've been able to do. Um, in the AFC, you know, Baltimore in the AFC. Uh, it's, you know, the good teams are standing tall. And, and, you know, Philadelphia is that surprise team because somebody basically had to win the division. <laughs> you know, it was like 
who wants it, who can have it. I think the Cowboys were a very disappointing football team this year. It's a much more talented football team than their record had indicated. Uh, but we saw that with the colors of the Atlanta Falcons, the first half of the season were the same way. Very, very, uh, very disappointing in the record because of the talent that's on the team. Is there any team that surprised you this year? One that really popped out of you and said, wow, I didn't think they were going to be this good. Well, it is. It, I, the Buffalo Bills were a team I thought would be pretty good, but uh, they made it to the playoffs. I think Josh Allen has made a wonderful leap into this year, played, I think, a lot more consistent this year than he had you know, in his early year. Um, so you see the growth of, of him. And this is what we hope for with Dwayne, is that you'll get that growth out of the young quarterback and he'll be able to make a difference uh, on the football team. And I think Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, to me, not so much a surprise, but um, further ahead than I thought they would be. You've had a chance to get to know uh, Dwayne a little bit. What's something you know about him that you'd like fans to know? I think they have to understand that he loves football. And this, this is very important to me, is people have to, you know, when you sit down and, and, and talk to individuals about their profession, do you, do you love what you're doing? Uh, do you love the learning process? Do you, do you understand the things that you need to do? Do you understand the sacrifices and the commitments that you need to make to allow yourself a chance to be able to do the job you want to do or do the job that you're asked to do? And, and I think he's, you know, he's, he's played through injury. He, um, he has a leadership quality about him that you admire. I like a lot of things. I love the way he physically throws the football. I think he's strong. He's big. He's tough. And like I said, what, what I appreciate more than anything is, is the mental part of it. That is very simply, he loves football. He wants to be great, not good. How different do you think the Redskins would be right now if Alex Smith would manage to stay healthy? Because it seemed like they were on the right track with him. It's really hard to say, Fred, because, I mean, you know, I'm not one of these guys that looks back. Uh, I'm, I'm not a rearview mirror guy. I'm a windshield guy. I'm sort of looking forward. And, you know, unfortunately, what happened to Alex, I hope he gets a chance to come back and play. And that's going to be one of the questions the Redskins are going to have to deal with going forward is if Alex is healthy enough to play, he's, he's at $20 million. You've got Dwayne on a rookie contract in his second year. So as, as you look at the quarterback position, What's that going to look like? Case Keenum's on a one-year contract. Cole McCoy is gone. So who will be the quarterbacks of the Washington Redskins going forward? Dwayne will be one, but we all know you need two or three, not just one. And that's, where the, that, that's really one of the big questions, I think, that this football team has to face going forward. Um, so it'll be interesting. Dan and, and Alex Smith. I mean, you know, I mean, you're uniquely qualified to talk about this. You overcame injury and have had a, had a great career after the, the gridiron. Alex Smith, from what I understand, had around 17 surgeries on his leg. I mean, just an insane number. One of the most well liked guys in the league, well respected veterans in the league. But man, that that's a that's a tough obstacle to overcome. If you, I mean, I mean, obviously you want obviously you want to come and play. He wants to come back and play. But the question is, should he come back and play? I think that's up to him. I mean, it's, I'm not a doctor. I mean, if he's medically cleared to be able to go out and do the things that he needs to do, so often they rod the lakes and that, those type of injuries. And once you put a, a rod in there, it's, the stability is greater than it was without it. And uh, I think in Alex's case, he's continuing to work hard. Um, you know, we, I see him at the games. We talk a bit. And he continues to really, really fight through um, the rehabilitation process and it's long and it's hard. And, you know, it was my right leg. It's his right leg. 
Will he be able to push off? Will he be able to do the things that he needs to do to be able to be an effective passer? Certainly. And, and now the other thing, Fred, you got to understand is, you know, Dwayne Haskins could be facing a third new system. He had one in college. He had one his rookie year as a quarterback with the Redskins, now possibly another one. And anytime you're learning a new system, it becomes more and more difficult to be able to just get comfortable, like we see with the Drew Brees and a Sean Payton, like we've seen um, with Josh McDaniels and Tom Brady. You know, if, you're, if you've got stability in the coaching staff and you have the ability to be able to grow in a system as opposed to constantly try and learn it, it's, um, you know, makes it a little bit easier to, to be able to perform at a much more fluid level. Hey, Dwayne looks like he's got all, all the goods. We hope he, he can improve and certainly hope he, get, he gets some stability because I, I think the raw talent is, is definitely there. Now, as, I agree. Now, as far as w- when your career ended, you've made a successful transition to broadcasting and entrepreneurship, but I'm sure initially when you had to come to terms that, hey, your playing days are, are over, it must have been tough. So, how did you not fall into that hole that some players fall into of, of depression and uh, kind of uncertainty and, and, and second-guessing yourself before having to make that transition? Well, you know, you go through it. It's not like it doesn't happen. Um, I tell people all the time, everybody goes through peaks and valleys. I just choose not to stay in the valley very long. I think so much of, of what happens in our life is determined by the attitude that we take going forward. It's one of the things I talk about in the book is, is your attitudes precede everything you do in your life. And when you wake up in the morning, what's your attitude going to be? I mean, that's going to determine the way the day goes. Some of you may deal with some things going forward, but if you take that attitude that you can handle it, you're probably going to come out you know, later in the day feeling pretty good about things. Maybe you learned a lesson. Maybe you accomplished something. Maybe you helped someone. Those are all things that you, know, you deal with. Um, but, yeah, I went through the why was, what was me, sages. I couldn't understand, you know, I just signed a brand new contract and all of a sudden it was gone. And, you know, one of the, one of the most eye-opening experiences I had was a couple weeks after my injury, two or three weeks after my injury, you know, you have a locker, just like everybody has their office space and you collect things and there's pictures of your family and there's things that are reminders of you of different stages in the growth in, in your office or at home with the family and for me, the, lock, the lockers for football players, that's what that is. And in my case, I walked into my locker room after I was hurt, and Steve Bartkowski was sitting in my locker. And in a box in the equipment room was my 11 years of professional football. And, and that's a bit of a rude awakening. And that's where you understand that you are just a piece of a puzzle. And if that piece isn't there, they will find another piece that works. And so... It's a game. You've got to love the game, but the game doesn't necessarily love you. That, that, that's true. But one, one thing you did do is uh, you're with the, the Redskins as a player for over a decade. And a lot of teams aren't that patient these days, you know, particularly with, with quarterbacks. I mean, we have some guys that have done pretty well, like, like Matt Ryan, obviously, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. But I, I feel like the NFL is starting to shift a little bit more towards where, where the NBA is at and to a lesser extent MLB, where – a guy's not going to be with one team for their whole career. Why do you think that relationship between you and the Redskins worked so well back in the day? I, I think it was a different time and a different era where you're right. There, there was more patience. Uh, back when I came into football, they believed in grooming guys. They believed in letting you play 
And the important thing you could do is play two, three years before you really had a chance to play a lot of football. Uh, and then they, you grow right into it. Uh, and then they build the team around you. Everything is, like I said, everybody's in a hurry today. Everybody wants to be able to get it done right now. I think the instability in coaches is another big thing. Um, you can't keep constantly changing leadership and expect to have success. And that goes right to the players. I mean, and, and, you know, some guys just aren't as good as you thought they were either. And I'll, take, I'll give you a classic example. It also depends upon the system you work in. Take Ryan Tannehill, for example, down in Miami. Everybody said that he was done. He couldn't play. You know, he was replaced two or three times, given a chance to play, then back, he's out. Then he goes to Tennessee. He could become back player of the year. Um, so what changed? Did, did Ryan Tannehill change? Or did the circumstances under which he played, the staff that he played for, the system that he played in, the players around him, was that different? That's that that's something that's somewhat unique in our business as well. Right. Now, you had the opportunity, of course, to win a Super Bowl, former NFL MVP. You had great success with legendary Redskins head coach Joe Gibbs, a guy who I think is kind of underrated over time because we hear about Bill Belichick, and he is you know, a phenomenal coach, maybe the greatest coach of all time. We hear about Bill Walsh and all, the, all these other coaches. But, I mean, Joe Gibbs won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks, you included can you tell us a little bit about Joe Gibbs and what made him stand out? I think, I think one of the things that is so distinctive about Joe is his preparation. And all the great coaches have been that way. When you go back to Lombardi and, and go back to Mr. Hallis, and you look at the way they prepare. Bill Walsh was that way. Um, Bill Belichick is that way. Coach Gibbs is that way. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. You know, these men don't get in the Hall of Fame just by chance. There's a work ethic that's involved. There's a, a commitment to the game. There's an understanding of the game. There's a philosophy that's involved. And, you know, Joe, Joe was, he was creative. He was uh, a detail-oriented individual. He allowed the players to play. He, I think he had a, you know, it was, it was a mutual, res, mutually respected scenario where we respected him and he respected us. And, you know, he, he, made it, he made it fun to play. He always would come up with different plays, and he would challenge us mentally. Um, and then we put together a pretty darn good football team. I mean, the Hogs were something special. John Riggins was something special. Art Monk was something special. I mean, Russ Grimm's in the Hall of Fame. Art's in the Hall of Fame. John's in the Hall of Fame. Daryl Green's in the Hall of Fame. So you find the right kind of players, and then you give them a chance to do the things that they do well. All right, well, before we let you go, we have some uh, quick hits here. You ready? Yep. What is your favorite cheat meal? My, my favorite cheat meal? I would say it would be uh, fried chicken that my mother-in-law makes. So, sounds delicious. Funniest player you ever shared a locker room with, college or pros? God, uh, uh, Pete Wysocki, both on the professional level, uh, both in Canada and with the Redskins. Peter, Peter was one of the funniest men I ever knew in my life. Do you, do you have any stories you're allowed to tell? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, he, what he would do is, in so many instances, after camp, we would have, you'd have a different type of, uh, you'd have these shows, the rookies put on these shows. And uh, Pete, used to, Pete used to get up and imitate the coaches. And I'll never forget, once he did Joe Gibbs once, he didn't realize Joe was in the back of the room. <laughs> and he went, he went on like this 10-minute impersonation 
of all the all the little mannerisms and all the little things that he said. And it was just one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And uh, you know, Peter had that kind of ability. I mean, he used to snap his fingers, and it was so loud. Um, he was he was a linebacker. I talked him into coming from Canada to, down to the U.S. to play with the Redskins. And uh, and he just you know was one of those guys that could lighten up a moment. You mentioned Canada. Some people may not know you're also a two-time CFL All Star. What was it like playing in, in the CFL back in the day? I loved it up there. I, you know, it was uh, the field was bigger. It was three downs. You threw a lot. It was it was ideal for a quarterback that had mobility. You're a Jersey native. I'm a Jersey native. You obviously are deeply rooted in the fabric of the Washington Redskins. While I didn't grow up a, a Redskins fan, I did grow up disliking a certain team. Joe, what's more annoying, New Jersey driving or Northeast Dallas Cowboys fans? <laughs> I'd have to say Northeast Dallas Cowboys fans. <laughs> you can you can always deal with the driving up in Jersey. As a matter of fact, anywhere you travel nowadays, you can deal with the driving. But sometimes those fans, uh, those Cowboy fans, get they've been quiet. Have you noticed how quiet <laughs> things have gotten? Um, you know, and, and Giant fans fit in that category, and Eagle fans, to be honest with you. You know, I remember one year, uh, our the guy that the chief, the guy that dressed up uh, as a Redskin was sort of our mascot, I guess you could say. Like different teams had different people that did different things. You know, you had the black hole in uh, Oakland, and you got the dog pound in, uh, in Cleveland. And, you know, Chief, and I remember one day I saw him after a Christmas game. Um, and I said, "What we played the Philadelphia Eagles. And I said, what happened? He said, I got beat up by Santa Claus in Philadelphia. <laughs> I mean, it's a and, – and, and the Eagles, their old stadium had a, um, a judge's bench in it a magistrate's bench uh, right there at the stadium. So uh, the NFC East, is, it, it, it's tough to play. They're tough fans. They're passionate about the teams they love, and it makes for an awful lot of fun. Who do you think is the most pro-ready coming out of college in 2020? You know, I, the, I, you've got um, you know the kid out of Ohio State, the defensive lineman, I think is ready to, to make an impact as a rookie. Joe Burrow, I, I think, uh, can flat play. I think he's, you know, obviously will be probably Cincinnati's pick in the first round. The Redskins, unfortunately, are picking second as it stands right now in the draft. So you're just not necessarily sure what direction they want to go in their needs on the football team. And, you know, with, with a new coach, what does he want? You know, what does Ron want? Um, and how will, the, how will the decision process work in Washington? How much input does the head coach have? Will there be a general manager? You know, who will make the selections? Uh, those are all things that are yet to be determined. So, um, but I think Burroughs is, and I do believe LSU will win the national championship too, by the way. How would you grade Brian Kelly as Notre Dame coach? I think Brian's done a terrific job. I mean, you know, you, you, win, you win 11 football games two consecutive years. You're in the final four a year ago. Um, it's a football team. I think that next year will be reckoned with. I think, you know, he's, they've had a very good recruiting class. Um, they've got guys coming back. I think Ian book coming back is important. I mean, the game runs through the quarterback position. Let's face it. Um, whether you're high school, whether you're in college, whether it's a professional level, if you had some, if you have someone who can play the position, you have a chance. And, and I think that's where we are at Notre Dame. 
What's the best piece of advice you give anybody looking to have success and overcoming any obstacles in their way? I think, I think the most important thing is don't let anybody dissuade you from your dreams. Believe in what you want to believe in. Work very hard towards it. And don't let anybody ever tell you you can't accomplish anything in life. Before you go, the floor is yours. I know you have a lot going on. You are an entrepreneur. You have a new book coming up. You were just on Snow coming on the Hallmark Channel. You have some broadcast spots. What's going on in the world of Joe Theismann? I, I, you know, I've got I've to get my handicap down a little bit. Um, it's, it's, a, it's hovering right around four, and I've got to get it back down. So I'm going to try and work on that this year. Um, my grandchildren are getting bigger. Spend more time with them. Uh, travel. I love to travel. Go to some places. The book is called How to Be a Champion Every Day. We're expecting a mid-June release as far as the book goes. And um, just continue to do the speeches and, and share the stories. Uh, those of us that go out and do quote-unquote motivational speeches, uh, all we do is tell stories of our lives and the experiences of people that have influenced our life in hopes that when people hear the things you have to say, they look at their life and maybe in some way, shape, or form, it influences them in a positive way, and then they can influence someone else. You know, growing is so important. One of my favorite sayings is, the day you stop learning is the day you stop living. So I'm excited to see what the next venture of my life is as well. 